Ace Podcast. Nobody rats on Little Caesar. See? There it is. Experimental robot 23. He's really something, Professor. I want you to look everywhere for a girl named Janet Corning. Janet Corning. Five feet, five inches, uh, brown hair. Brown eyes and the cutest little dimples you ever saw. Brown eyes and the cutest little... I mean, she has prominent dimples. This is Wisecrack's Radio Hour. Join us as we follow quantum scientists Chuck and Wagner through their adventures as they try to get back home to the year 2017 and listen in as they riff on classic radio. go, Wagner. Careful, it's hot. Thanks. Man, the coffee is so much better than it was 10 years ago. Yeah, the music too. I heard Elvis's jailhouse rock on the way to work this morning. Yeah, man, that's the greatest. Speaking of music, how long does it take for you to charge your iPhone now? Let's see, last time I charged it, it took about two and a half weeks for a full charge. Why? Well, I'm going to be working on the machine a lot as soon as the Richrath tube gets here. I wouldn't mind listening to some modern music while I work. But what I really want to do is take pictures of different setups we try, keep a visual record of the differences. We could do that. You know, the pics will be a great idea. Give me a couple of weeks. I'll bring it in after it's charged. Uh, But do you think it's safe to listen to music? I mean, what if someone hears Gary's flying turkey trot here in 1957? That might blow some minds. Well, I think it'll be okay. I was planning on working over the weekend in a couple weeks. Nobody will be here except the DJs. And as you know, nobody ever comes down to Studio 6, ever. Good point. Okay, I'll get it charged when I get home tonight. Thanks, and don't make any plans for the weekend in two weeks. We have a time machine to get repaired. You got it. What are we listening to today? Inner Sanctum. Geez, someone get the WD-40. Or the gas X. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. Whoops, we're in the wrong this place. Sorry. welcome you through the squeaking door. Well, been shopping around for a nice case of murder. They sell murder by the case? Of course you have. And you've come to the right place because the characters on this program simply kill themselves to keep you amused. The greatest jokes are Why, killing me. The other day, we were accused of making murder our business. But we wouldn't do that, friends. Oh, no, because that would be mixing business with pleasure. And we consider it a pleasure to give some stiff for business. (laughs) Whoa there, big fella. (laughs) And now, friends, tonight's story is a triangle tale. Great geometry. A woman and a murderer. You've heard it said that those who laugh last laugh best, but we're going to prove that it never pays to get into a laughing contest with a ghost. 
Unless it's Casper, he's fun. Always get the last laugh. That's a little bit creepy. I know he's dead. Body's been in the grave for weeks. Well, he's dead now for sure. Although I tell myself it's impossible. I can hear him laugh. That raucous, mocking sound haunts me. Same laughter I heard for the first time in the courtroom. He had never laughed during all the weeks of the trial. Never even smiled. That's because he was sleeping. This day, when he came before me for sentencing... John Spencer? Blues explosion? You have been the found in the first the You wish to make a statement before sentence is imposed? I killed Hicks. To death. I'm willing to admit it now. But he was no good. He got just what he deserved. And everybody knows it. I'm not a killer. I never committed a crime before. But you just said you... And all I ask now is a chance. John Spencer? Bill Bottoms. The jury took all that into consideration when it recommended life imprisonment. However, I have the power to ignore that recommendation. I've got the power. It is my firm conviction that to allow one man to take the law into his own hands is to encourage others to do likewise. I therefore override the recommendation of the jury and sentence you to be hung by the neck until death. To death. No. Judge, please. I've got a girl. We were going I got to me a girl, and, and she's, she's as big as a whale. So I can see her once in a while. You should have thought of that before you committed murder. It's easy for you to tell me what I should have done. But you won't always be on top. Maybe someday you'll be down here where I am. Jersey? When that happens, I hope they throw the book at you just like you're doing to me. Bailiff, remove the prisoner. Won't I be laughing when that happens? Wherever I am, I'll be laughing fit to buzz. Fit to what? <laughs> Another one fit to buzz. Same old story. Prisoner pleads innocence or guilty with good cause. Asks mercy. When clemency is refused... Condemned man curses judge and hopes that judge will someday find himself in a similar plight. Dan gets a deal for a Netflix original series. Failed to move me in the slightest. I'd heard it many times before. I went home to forget about the Spencer case. And catch an episode of The Bachelor. Richard? Is that you, Richard? Yes, dear. I'll come in as soon as I've freshened up. I've been waiting here all day. Surely it's not too much to ask. All right, all right, Laura. Women. Richard, I want you to meet my new nurse, Margaret Cummings. This is Judge Thornton, Miss Cummings. How do you do? Hello, nurse. Haven't we met before? That's hardly likely. It's probably my face. Eyes without a face. Ordinary. On the contrary, Miss Cummings. I should say your face is rather unusual. Richard, suppose well. you stop that silly chatter about faces and talk to Miss Cummings about her duty. Her duty? Well. <laughs> Come into my study, Miss Cummings. We can talk better there. Plus, there's air freshener in there. Now, sit down, please. There's not much to say, really. In the first place, my wife's heart condition isn't really dangerous. At least not for me. I that from Dr. Fletcher. Chevy Chase? Oh, we told you about my wife, eh? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, you're a professional person, nurse, and 
I believe in frankness. It makes things easier. My wife is 11 years my senior, getting on past middle age. Rude. She, uh, is a bit worried. Not that I give her any grounds for it. Jealous. You understand? Perfectly. She's not an easy person to get along with. You'll have to humor her. I'll do my best. But I'm not very funny. uh, (laughs) Miss Cummings. Yes? I was just wondering where it was that I saw you before. I was on The Bachelor. Escapes me. You know, Miss Cummings, your face is rather... Haunting. Good grief, that's twice he's insulted her. And you're fat. That was how it began. We played a game during those first few weeks. Monopoly. I was the shoe. Miss Cummings, where was it that I first saw you? Don't you remember yet? No, I don't. I told you I was on The Bachelor. And someday, if you're nice, I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) We would laugh together. Having the girl in the house made me feel young again. Oh, boy. But it didn't last. It ended one evening in Laura's room. Richard. Uh Uh-oh. Yes, dear. Put down that newspaper. I want to talk to you. I'm listening. Don't you think you're going a bit too far, Richard? I barely got through the funnies. What do you mean? I mean Miss Cummings. Who? Oh. I won't stand for it. I won't allow you to disgrace me in my own home with a woman who's little more than a stern. Oh, Laura, for heaven's sake. I may be a bedridden invalid, but there is a limit. You're jumping to ridiculous conclusions, Laura. Ridiculous, am I? Sort of. I suppose you'll deny you're in love with Miss Cummings, that you've been carrying on with her right under my nose. Certainly I'll deny it. I mean, it's true, but I'll still deny it. I've seen you two whispering together. I've watched how you look at Oh, you're talking out of nonsense. There's nothing between me and Miss Cummings. Nothing? Nothing, absolutely nothing. Except attraction, you know. I'll give you a chance to prove what you say. I don't want Miss Cummings here. Dismiss her. Kill her. You want me to dismiss her? Yes, Richard. I want her killed to death. Miss Cummings, I... This is going to be rather unpleasant. You see my wife... Yes, I know. She wants me to leave. No, she wants you dead. Yes. How did you know? I couldn't help overhearing the conversation. With my ear to the door. I don't know why she wants you to leave. In a coffin? Yes. But you warned me when I first came here that she was jealous. It's been very pleasant having you here. Thank you. I'm going to miss you. With the first shot. Uh, Miss Cummings, uh, could I have your home address? Of course. Why do you want it? I'm going to sign you up for the Jelly of the Month Club. You won't think it's <laughs> presumptuous, but... Well... Perhaps we might be able to see each other. After you're dead. Would that be wise? Fun, yes, but wise? But I might as well face it. I couldn't hide it from Laura, and now I can't hide it from myself. I love you, Miss Cummings. Whoa, slow down there, Thorny. I heard Spencer's laugh for the first time since the day in the courtroom. I said it down as a figment of the imagination born out of a feeling of guilt due to my disloyalty to Laura. Either that or the halibut I had for dinner. I put it out of my mind. I had other things to think about. The slip of paper with Margaret Cummings' address on it was in my pocket. A dozen times during the next week, I picked the telephone to call her, but 
something held me back. His invalid wife, probably. Fear, I guess. Fear that if I saw her again, I would be taking a final irrevocable step. And then I couldn't stand it any longer without seeing her. I dialed Eight, her number. Six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Hello? Jenny speaking. Is that you, Margaret? No, it's Jenny. Yes, who is this? Well, this is Richard. Richard? Judge Thornton. I can't gas at Thornton's. Oh, hello. Oh, dogs. It's been so long, I thought you'd forgotten me. There's little chance of that. Could I see you tonight, Margaret? No, I'll be invisible tonight. How about tomorrow? Come over as soon as you like. I dressed carefully. As not to strain anything. Examining myself in the mirror, I saw a tall man, still on the right side of 50. Still trim and figure and distinguished in appearance. And then I realized I was looking at a poster of Clark Gable. My heart was beating fast. Like a boy on his first date. Somehow, I don't know quite how it happened. She was in my arms. I was kissing her. Oh, no, we're being foolish. Sit down, darling. Here, beside me. Like it? No, on the floor. That's perfect. Margaret, would you marry me? Mary? You can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Mary. Rest in my life. Aren't you forgetting a little detail? No, I'm not forgetting about Laura. She has a weak heart. She may die. And if she does... I wouldn't count on it. Your wife takes very good care of herself. She may live to be a hundred. Which would but really suck. Die, would you marry me? I don't know. It's not fair to ask me now. Not while your wife is still alive. Ask me. Later. At the funeral. Next week, perhaps. I didn't go to the club, Laura. I'm not a member. No. I lied to you. I spent the evening with Margaret Cummings. At Chuck E. Cheese's. You were right. I'm in love with her. And she's great at skee-ball. I never knew what love meant before. I can't live without her. You're mad. You don't know what you're saying. I want a divorce, Laura. And the Skittles. No. I want it immediately. You can't do this to me. Not the Skittles. Oh, Oh, my heart. What? Now see what you've done. Laura. You mean these Tic Tacs? Give them to me. Hurry. Hurry, Richard. I knew she was pretending the heart attack. Oh. Hoping to play on my sympathy. That was Laura's favorite trick. Other than the woman sawed in half. Not this time. This time I would pretend until I was ready to act. I gave her the pills. Watched her take them and sink back in the pillow. Oh. Thank you, Richard. Feel better now? Yes, dear, much better. And my breath is fresh, too. I don't know what I'd have done without you here. I would have died. Oh, Richard, say you didn't mean what you said before. Don't you see I couldn't go on living without you? You won't have to, Laura. Those were just tic tacs. for that girl. I'll take care of you. Here. Let me make you more comfortable. Pillow needs rearranging. Yes, it does. Richard, what are you doing? Those aren't pillows. Fixing the pillow. I can't. It was broken. 
Stop twisting around. This is much different from a heart attack. Well, technically, it's a pillow attack. Laura? I'm not dead yet. She's dead. Feeling much better. Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Hello? Dr. Fletcher? Yes? Uh, this is Judge Thornton. Please come quickly, Doctor. My wife has had a... A heart attack. I mean, a pillow attack. Wait, no, wait. A heart attack. Yeah, that's it. A heart attack. It happened during an argument. Hmm? It was nothing important, Doctor. Just a domestic quarrel. It's about an affair. And suddenly she had the attack. I, I gave her the pills, but by the... The pillows? By time, it was too late. It's too bad. I'd only known that her condition had become so dangerous. I would never have smothered her. Nothing to reproach yourself for. These things happen. Will you take care of the formalities, Doctor? Oh, yes, of course. The, the death certificate? $50 at bed, I death, and beyond. As failure of the heart. Ooh, that's my favorite Bonnie Totter song. There was no need to act the part of the stricken husband after Dr. Fletcher left. I stood looking down at Laura's body. She was dead. And Dr. Fletcher's certificate would clear me of any suspicion of murder. I was free. Free to marry Margaret. But now about this body. Shouldn't the doctor have taken it with him? I walked to Margaret's apartment that night. Carrying Laura's corpse. The street was dark. Empty. I had the uncomfortable feeling that I was being watched. Followed. Then I heard footsteps behind me. I hurried my pace. And the man behind me did likewise. Frightened as I was, I decided to stop and confront the follower. I threw Laura at him. Me. His face and figure shadowy in the dark. That's some science right there. What do you want? Why are you following me? You ought to know, Judge Thornton. Who are you? Come closer so I can... Spencer. John Spencer. Bill Bottoms. It can't Bill be. Bottoms. You're dead. Dead, am I? Well, you ought to know, Judge. <laughs> Bill Bottoms. Bill Bottoms. Now, take it easy, mister. Take it easy, Dad. Just tell me what happened. I was being followed, officer. So I turned around to see who it was. And did you see who it was? Yes. It was Rockwell. And that's why I fainted. The man following me was a dead man. He was a... Uh, what's that? The man following me is dead. I know he's dead, officer. I ought to run you away. Run him into You're what? crazy. I had intended to tell Margaret that Laura was dead. I meant to ask her to marry me. But the encounter on the street drove those thoughts out of my mind. Arriving at her apartment, I went directly to the window and looked out. And there, across the street, leaning against the wall, I saw John Spencer. And Laura. And they were eating Chuck E. Cheese pizza. What? You didn't kiss me. You haven't even said hello. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, dear. That man across the street, 
It can't be real. And yet, if he isn't... What man, Richard? Don't you see him? No, there's no one across the street. Just a ghost. It was there a moment ago. I turned my head to talk to you and... Now he's gone. Darling, you're trembling. You must be sick. Don't look at me like that. With your eyes crossed. I... I guess I am sick. I'd better go and have a talk with Dr. Fletcher. He understands me. My musical tastes. Bell-bottoms. Yes, I remember the Spencer case very well, Judge Thornton. You could have spared Spencer's life, but didn't. And now you imagine that he follows you. On Twitter? Yes. But the man is dead. Then it was his ghost that followed me. His ghost I spoke to. His ghost that laughs. There are no ghosts, Judge Thornton. With one exception. The ghosts we carry about inside us. Well, those are the worst. Well, these things you hear and see, these are hallucinations brought on by feelings of guilt. And too many Tic Tacs. Dead for weeks. So the question is, why should you experience guilt feelings at this late date? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, psychiatry has an explanation. Quite often in such cases, one refuses to face the guilt object and transfers his guilt feelings to some other person. What are you driving at? Oh, about 70 miles per hour. Your guilt feelings are not caused by the Spencer incident. And I'm going to ask you a blunt question. Did you murder your wife? Why, of all the idiots... Now, just a moment. I found feathers in her lungs. I've been rather uneasy about the circumstances of Mrs. Thornton's death. But you yourself diagnosed it as a heart attack. I accepted what you told me that night. A superficial examination of the body did indicate such a conclusion. Yes, but your wife's cardiac condition was mild. Now, your guilt feeling lead me to suspect... This murder talk is ridiculous. Let's talk about Muppets. Struggle? Any marks of violence? Of course not. Mrs. Thornton might have been suffocated. Oh, nonsense. Perhaps. At any rate, I intend to recommend to the coroner that an autopsy be performed. An autopsy? An autopsy. Yes, it would determine whether or not death was due to suffocation. You should have no objection if I am mistaken. You meddling fool. Judge Thornton, put down that paper. The papers will fly everywhere. No! <laughs> Gone too far now to stop at another. Yeah, keep going. I lost my head. So has Dr. Fletcher. That would have given me a day or two in which to plan my escape. But now, as things were, it would be only a matter of hours before Fletcher's body was discovered. My thoughts twisted and turned in panic. Maybe someday you'll be down here where I am. Won't I be laughing when that happens? Wherever I am, I'll be laughing fit to bust. <laughs> fit to what? Another one fit to bust. Another one fit to bust. Hey, hey! I ran. I ran so far away. And there was no one to turn to. Margaret. She loved me. She'd help me. I went to Margaret and told her what had happened. Oh, you killed mistake. your wife. For you. So we could be married. And then Dr. Fletcher. I had to kill her, Margaret. He was going to recommend an autopsy. Why did you come here? We've got to run away. We still have an hour or two. But we could charter a plane to Canada or Mexico. What makes you think I'd run away with you? At least not to Mexico. I thought you loved me. Don't be stupid. I'm going to turn you over to the police. Margaret, you can't mean that. Where do you keep your paperweights? Or pillows? Listen before you pick up that phone. Even if you don't love me. Even if you won't go away with me. Give me a chance. Have mercy. You make me laugh. Judge Thornton, who never gave anybody else a break, pleading for mercy. I well, thought she was going to laugh. Behind <laughs> you for mercy. Behind me. That's right. Spencer. 
Bell John Spencer's taken out a look, Judge. No. no, you're not John Spencer. Oh, wrong song. There's a resemblance, but you're not John Spencer. I'm his brother. Spencer, brother Spencer. That's right. I was tricked. Led on by Margaret to kill my wife. And forced by you to betray myself to Dr. Fletcher. But why? Why, Margaret? Why did you do this? For revenge. Revenge? Yes. The Costner movie? I came to your house. You thought my face was familiar. Well, now I'll tell you where it was that you first saw me. It was in the courtroom at John Spencer's trial. Courtroom? Yes. 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 Remember how he begged for mercy? He told you he had a girl that he was engaged to be married and you could have given him his life. But you sentenced him to his death. What? For you, the girl? Yes. But you're not big as a well. Did he know about this? All this was his plan. His revenge. Operator. Could you help me make this call? <laughs> I want to report a murder. Yes, that's right, a murder. Tell them it's very important to get here as soon as they can. I'm waiting now for the police to come. For the trial. For the sentence, which I know will be death. As I wait, my thoughts go back to the courtroom. Oh, the good old days. You won't always be on top. Maybe someday down here where I am. And when that happens, I'll be laughing. Fit for a bus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Judge Thornton certainly misjudged Margaret Cummings. Which was a grave mistake. No. Why, he didn't have the ghost of a chance with her. No. She double-crossed him right into the graveyard. A word of caution. If you must commit a murder, be sure to select the proper weapon. I suggest a sharp-edged axe, because it provides you with a handy alibi. When the police want to know why you did it, you can claim the killing was accidental. Oh, good grief. <laughs> Worst dad jokes ever. The paperweight was a good choice, though. Yeah, he could have cut himself otherwise. Man, somebody get some three-in-one oil for this guy. <laughs> Ooh. Wisecracks Radio Hour is written and produced by Aaron Lindsay and Sean Rourke. Dr. Charlie is played by Aaron Lindsay. Dr. Wagner is played by Sean Rourke. Mr. Brumbles is played by Craig Underhill. And I'm your announcer, Lori Lindsay. Please connect with us on social media. Our Twitter handle and Facebook ID is Wisecracks Radio. Our website is wisecracksradio.com. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another exciting episode. Please review us wherever you find your podcasts. Here you go, Wagner. Careful. It's hot. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can drop a couple <laughs> of those EMs if you want to. Darn it. <laughs>